Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother Noel. Hey, Noel, you usually talk at this segment, but I just wanted to pat myself on the back real quick, if I may. I know you're going to get upset about this. I I think I kind of know what this is about. Good job. Good job. I called a Ravens win 30-17 to 17 with a garbage time TD by Washington. I was one point off. I should have bet the farm on this one, but... At least everybody at home only had to hear it one time. This is my fourth, everyone. And, and mm-hmm. texting counts, too, so... <laughs> well, you know, it's pretty good, I can say. Good job. Can we move Thank on? Thank you. Yeah, we are. Does it hurt you or something <laughs> that I was this close? No, it, hurt, it hurts that I have to hear it four times and the game was over an hour ago. Okay. That's what hurts. It hurts my ears. Well, this is for everybody else's ears, so (laughs) deal with it. Uh, Well, real quick, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros. You can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. One last thing, if you are listening to the show right now, and obviously you are, please hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode going forward. All right. As we've done the last few weeks, let's start with a quick recap of the game, shall we? Do we have to? (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to make this quick and painless. Uh, So starting off the game after punts by both teams in their first possession, J.D. McKissick fumbled the ball on the Washington 34. Two plays later, Mark Ingram punched it in from the one to make it seven to nothing. After two more punts by both teams, Washington drove it in for 47 yards and Dustin Hopkins banged a 54-yard field goal off the left upright. With good field position, Lamar Jackson ran for a 50-yard touchdown to make it 14 and nothing. The next possession, Washington responded with a 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, where Antonio Gibson punched it in from two yards out. Baltimore responded on the next possession with a 75-yard touchdown drive of their own, which included a fake punt. We'll talk about that later. Jackson hit tight end Mark Andrews for a 25-yard touchdown. Washington then gave the ball back to Baltimore with a three and out. Jackson threw a pick to Kendall Fuller at the Ravens 37. Then Washington settled for a 43-yard Hopkins field goal to end the second half to make it 21-10. First drive of the third quarter, the Ravens rammed it down Washington's throat with a 10-play, 75-yard drive, ending with a 22-yard pass from Jackson to Andrews to make it 28-10. The Ravens hit a field goal to make it 31-10 later on, and Kendall Fuller got another interception, this time on RG3, who went for the fuck you bomb. (laughs) I think, <laughs> on Washington. And then Haskins threw a 39-yard bomb to McLaurin to the three. Then Haskins punched it in to make the final score 31-17. to All right, so uh, let's get on with the game, shall we, Noel? What were your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, the score, as you so eloquently put it, was about what we thought it was going to be. and um, uh, uh, oh, That I thought it was going to be. Thank you. I was three points <laughs> off. my god so the game was what we thought it was going to be um i just thought it would go a little bit different as far as them basically running it down washington's throat 
the offense being completely inept and not being able to produce any yardage. For me, the, it was the backbreaking plays that yeah. actually did it, which I thought maybe they'd prevent from what they did in the Browns game. Obviously, what you said, the McKissick fumble, that resulted in a touchdown. The Lamar Jackson 50-yard touchdown that was off the missed field goal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the most ridiculous one of them all, the the, hu- the biggest backbreaker, where the defense at that point, even with the Lamar Jackson scamper for 50 yards, was playing decent. They were. They were containing him. They were stopping the run at a decent level. Lamar Jackson was kind of looking like Haskins. Yeah. Throws going high. He wasn't accurate. They were making him uncomfortable as they needed to do. Yeah, exactly. The defense was playing decent. Then the fake punt. I think everybody on the face of the earth, you could have gone to a TV in Mongolia (laughs) and knew that there was going to be a fake punt on that play. They were inside Washington territory. Oh, real quick. I was looking at, and this is not Monday morning quarterback shit. You could tell by the way the punter's mannerisms were that it was going to be a fake. Oh, yeah. And it's Harbaugh's M.O. Yep. The punter has is like seven for seven on passes mm-hmm. off of fake punts. I would be playing that every single time. Shit, they do it sometimes in their own territory. This was an optimum situation for them to do it. And then, as usual, because Washington's defense is a decent defense, but they can't do shit off of critical plays and turnovers and plays like that. They will give up the touchdown. That was 21 points right there, man. This defense, it seems to be their MO to fall apart in abnormal situations. You know what I mean? Like fake punt, missed field goal, turnover by offense. It's a wrap. They are going to score. It doesn't make any sense. But if they're like, okay, well, we're going to punt the ball to the 10, they're pretty effective. But if anything weird happens, they're like, oh, well, you guys go ahead and do your thing. It makes no sense to me. And the worst part about this was they actually won the time possession battle on the fucking Ravens. You're absolutely right. I mean, they had that one drive. They had a couple decent drives. Some of them didn't pan out to be anything, but they had some drives where they put a couple of first downs together and then it would fall short. Yeah. And then it would have to punt the ball off and the drive would stall. But yes, they were competitive offensively to the point that they were at least keeping our defense off the field at certain times. They won the turnover battle, even though that was a garbage pick by Fuller at the end there. But still, they still did. There was no four or five turnovers this game. They won 2-1 to on the turnover battle. They won the possession battle, but they didn't win the game, and it wasn't even close. It doesn't make any sense, especially you know a time possession battle with the Ravens. That's what they do. To win that, I mean, that's something to be proud of, but they still weren't even in the game. It was 7 nothing after the first quarter, okay? It was 7 nothing after the first quarter. They went into it. Defense looked like they had their act together. Offense was producing a little bit. They were at least being balanced. Yeah. Gibson was getting the ball. And they looked like they were staying competitive in the game and managing things. And then the wheels came off. And I don't know if everybody on this team is still in preseason mode, but even at the end of the half. What was that? So finally, Rivera calls a timeout with about a minute left. Okay. They get a three and out, but they get the interception, a huge interception by Lamar. Game changing at that point, really turning the momentum. And the clock management is just abysmal. Mm. They have an opportunity to get another playoff, spike it, don't do that, end up just squandering time away to the point that they have to kick a field goal. It's shit like that that reminds me of, like, they're still managing time preseason-wise and still gauging what they can do offensively. We're in week four now. 
These type of situations should not be happening. This is week four. This team isn't good enough to not be able to take shots in the end zone when they have opportunities to do it. And Haskins and the team run up like they're going to throw the ball with like five seconds left. What the what are you doing? Right. Well, they should have spiked the ball 13 seconds left in. Absolutely. They're in the huddle. Then they go up with five seconds, like so. We're uh, we're throwing we're throwing to the end zone here. It's like, like it's like nobody knew what the hell was going on. I'm like, okay, they're young, but they've played football since they were eight years old, man. And it's not like he doesn't have a headset in his right. helmet, and somebody's That's what I'm saying. You know, the adults got to take over and say, look, right. spike the fucking ball or call a timeout or something, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, the three situations that turn this game: the fake punt, obviously, the missed field goal by Hopkins, and the complete disaster that you just talked about after Fuller's first interception at the end of the second quarter, all due to coaching blunders. All of them. Those could have all been avoided. The fake punt, again, how do you not know that in that situation, there's a high probability that you're going to have a fake punt there? The field goal by Haskins, the field goal by Hopkins, don't kick it there. The guy has a terrible percentage past 50 yards. Your defense is playing well at that point. Pin them back. You've got a great punter in Tressway that'll probably get him inside the 10. Now you miss that field goal, give him great field position, and then they do what they did, the 50-yard touchdown. And to not at least get a, a pass down field at the end of that second quarter, that McKissick thing, what the fuck was that? They did this little screen pass to McKissick. It wasn't even a screen pass. It was just like, here, take the ball and then get smashed. Right. What is the plan here? Take a couple yeah. shots at the end zone. And I like Rivera as a person. But he is has not been a good coach. Let's just call it how it is. I don't know what the fuck he's doing out there. These are avoidable situations. These are basic situations that a coach with his tenure should never screw up. Never. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Haskins didn't play terribly. You can't pin this one on him. There are three nope. situations that you can point out that is squarely on the head coach that changed this game completely. And I'll even take the drive coming out of the half. Mm-hmm. Baltimore had a 10-play, 75-yard drive. That was a critical drive. That was just as backbreaking as these other plays that we're talking about. Yeah. And yes, the defense has to get themselves off the field, but they didn't come out prepared. They were just cruising mm-hmm. on that 75 yards. And they were doing whatever they wanted. They trounced down the field, and there you go, 28-10, game done. Over. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, I did like some of the things they did on offense. They kind of built off what they did against the Browns. Uh, yes. Speaking of which, the Browns kicked the shit out of the Cowboys and they made it look respectable, but it wasn't as close, which made me happy. One and three still in first hey, place. Man. <laughs> hey, man. As of recording right now, we've got Dallas that lost. The Giants are playing the Rams. And we got the Eagles playing the 49ers. I mean, shit. We'd be one and three and still be in first place. That's insane and disgusting. Somebody on Twitter uh, said, can the NFC East division winner win four games this year? (laughs) I said, well, (laughs) it is 2020. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I mean, somebody's going to have to win some games because they got to play each other. Right. But but if if you split the games, (laughs) then it could legitimately (laughs) be four. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But I love what they did with Gibson. But still, the problem is he only had 13 carries. I understand that they were down and he had three and a half yards per carry, but he needs more. You need to still work him. 
you can see a huge difference when Gibson gets a screen pass versus when McKissick does. Gibson actually waits for his blocks to show up. McKissick just runs through him. Yeah. But Gibson needs to be the focal point of this offense. Him he and, was. Him and McClure. He was. He was, especially in that... On that one drive. And they went... Yeah, I mean, I would say in the first half, and like you said, they had to kind of get away from him. They were behind the eight ball. They were down in the game. I mean, 18 right off the bat, halfway through this third quarter. I understand they had to get away from things a little bit. The issue is this when you're getting away from it Haskins averaged before that bomb at the very end of the game to McLaurin you know how many yards per attempt that he averaged six six that's par for the course that's what he does he had one downfield attempt which was like a fading downfield attempt in the first half to McLaurin on the sideline and then that bomb at during garbage time to get you your your salvage score <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous, yeah. okay? You alleviate things, especially when they were having somewhat success running the ball. They were running screen plays. They were pressing the line of scrimmage. Throw one downfield, for God's sakes. We've talked about this. You finally got some attempts in running the ball. Good job. I think they could have done even more. Absolutely. But you have to be able to throw the ball downfield. I understand he's, sometimes he's probably giving what the defense gives him and all that jazz, but man, one attempt for almost the entire game and then one at garbage time, that's just not enough. Not for the style of offense that they should be running and we've talked about pound and throw downfield. It's as simple as that. He throws a beautiful deep ball. That ball was was freaking gorgeous. And I don't know if it's him or if it's it's a little bit of both. I've uh, done some research on this and he's not throwing downfield when they do have some opportunities as well. Yeah. But to me, I, I don't know if it's an Alex Smith thing and he's just like take what the defense gives you or them telling him the same thing. But he played kind of scared this time and they had that you know meeting hey, with do him. you blame him no of course not they they had that meeting your your ass is getting pulled if you don't do you blame him i mean hey you want it this is what you got we'll yeah. nickel and dime all day long and then whatever happens happens haskins was not the issue today yes the one blunder that he had was giving up that big sack Huge. and i'm getting to that drive right now yeah and the coaches exacerbated that bad play by making worse calls You've got 11 minutes and 35 seconds left in the game. You're down by 18 points. So you know what you decide to do? Fourth and goal <laughs> on the Baltimore 13-yard line. Haskins is basically running off the field. They tell him to stay on. Even he knows it's ridiculous. Even he knows it's insane. <laughs> and he, at this point, is willing to, willing to get on all fours <laughs> for somebody if they want him to, to stay on the field. Right. They proceed to go for it, throw a dump off, and that's it. Rap could have made the game a two-possession game with a two-point conversion and managed the clock 11.35 left. And you know what the Ravens did in response to that? Drove it down the field and took another seven minutes off the clock and kicked a field goal. Of course. Good job. Well played, sir. Well played. Now, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know Rivera's sat some time on the bench. Maybe his head wasn't all there. But these are some bad, bad plays. I don't give a shit what the analytics says on that. But a fourth and goal from a 13 when you could get it into a two-score game, that seems like just kindergarten math to me. Right. There's no analytic in the world that would say to go forward and fourth and 13 when you can make it a two-possession game. 
he's not an analytic guy. He just does whatever comes to him. And obviously, he's not capable enough to make the right decision there. And I don't know if that was just like, hey, asshole, you just took an 18-yard sack. Which yeah, what a, is it, a spite move? But it, it, it was a terrible decision by uh, Haskins. He's not athletic enough to get away from a defensive end coming at him 100 miles an hour. And for whatever reason, he thinks because he lost 20 pounds in the offseason he is. Or he watched, <laughs> right. or he watched Lamar Jackson. Uh, he thinks that he can do what he does. Please. But yeah, it seemed like a spite move. Like, okay, you put us in this situation, get us out of it. Right. Okay, well, let's do some simple mathematics here, idiot. It was a 17-play drive <laughs> with ended up with nothing. What does that teach anyone? I don't know. They trounced down the field. They had a good drive. They fought through that drive. It was a fuck up on Haskins' part. There's no doubt about it. He should have never taken that sack, but move on. Yeah. No, I don't know what his thought process was there at all, but that's the only explanation I can come up with because it doesn't make any logical sense to not take the three points there. Everything so far on all facets of this team look like they're still in practice session and preseason session scenarios. Example, the onside kick. No reason for that no, at all. No, you have three timeouts plus a two-minute warning. What are you doing? Yeah. There's no reason. You kick it no deep. No reason for the onside kick there. You know, it's almost like they're trying this, like still practicing time management, going for it on the fourth and long. Like these are all like practice scenarios that w- these are going to make them better in the long run. Dude, we're four weeks into the fucking season here, man. Well, he just started using his timeouts. So, you know, we're, we're all. Hey, we're getting there. there. <laughs> we're getting there. I don't like to, well, yes, I do, to beat a guy down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, no, that's not your thing at all. (laughs) But shit, man, you wanted young guys in here. You wanted guys that were going to have a learning curve, and you've established the fact that there was going to be a learning curve throughout this season. It sounds like you got plenty of learning to do, too, my friend. Plenty. Yeah. And the defense, honestly, they played okay the first half, I think. Um, But it's unacceptable. They gave up three out of four possessions for a touchdown. Yeah. There was one time, I think, that that was in between the second and the third quarter. You can't do that. And I'm not saying it was all their fault. I mean, they played as well as they could, you know, and then they were losing some big pieces. Chase Young would have been a huge, would have been a huge help for that, especially with his speed chasing uh, Lamar Jackson around like a chicken with his head cut off. There's nobody out there on the field that has the speed that Chase Young does. And he, was basically put on this earth for a running quarterback to stop that, but not that he would have fully stopped Lamar Jackson, of course, but I think that he would have helped in some situations. I don't know. The defense took a step back in this game, I believe, uh, because you can't take the excuse that they were tired. They they got the possession battle, the time possession battle. I think Haskins took a step up. I think that you can take some good things out of this, but what really concerns me, is, and we've talked about it already, is the coaching and the inability to coach properly and do the proper things in those situations. I don't know if that's going to go away. Look, I don't have an issue with them losing this game. We thought they were going to lose anyway. I thought we were being generous with the score at times, personally, especially at the Ravens getting their ass handed to them to Kansas City. I thought they were going to come out and just eviscerate. I just don't like the manner in which they're losing these games. Yeah. The Browns game, this one, they had opportunities in both of these games in order to stay in them. And that 21 points that they got down, they were still in it even then. And then they give up that long drive. Bad coaching decisions manners in which you shouldn't lose I'd rather them lose 60 to nothing just because they're a shitty football team than have bonehead play after bonehead play that keeps them from staying competitive in a football game no I agree 
Rivera has to he you know he talks about Haskins screwing up and and this is on him he doesn't want to do this to the defense he's got a short leash this and that unfortunately you know he's at the top of the heap and somebody's got to talk to him about this I agree and from a personal standpoint if you're not up to the task he was fighting tooth and nail to be there during that game yeah okay and that's admirable But if there are certain things where you're slow on a call or whatever it is, if you can't even stand up on a sideline and you need to be leaning on your PR guy at halftime when you're taking a phone call because he needs to walk you to the back locker room, how are you managing a football game in the heat of the battle? When all the energy needs to be out there. You you want these guys to play 100%. You need to be there. No fault of your own. No. But man, you've got other personnel that can take care of things. And if they're waiting on you to make decisions and you're not all there mentally, physically, emotionally, I appreciate the effort, but take a step back if that's the issue here. Yeah, it's the same thing as like having a guy who has a bum knee and he's out there, you know, he's playing at 60% when you got a guy behind him that can play at 100%. He might not be as talented, right? But he can probably be more effective. And Jack Del Rio has proven that he can handle this. He's been in this exact situation before. If this is the problem, if the guy can barely stand up, again, no fault of his own, take a step back and just let him handle the day-to-day or at least the game day work because he's a proven guy and he can handle this. He's been he's been a winning head coach in the league. Allow him to do something. Allow him to handle this team while you get better because it's not good for anybody. No, and he can inspire from afar. Yeah. Even one of the parts... During the football game, I heard Landon Collins, the announcers were talking about Landon Collins doesn't even feel comfortable going near Rivera because he doesn't know what he has. Or if he has, let's say, for example, COVID and doesn't even know it, he doesn't want to expose Rivera to additional issues that he's already going through and compounding things. This is your head coach. He's primarily the defensive head coach. These guys need to go up to him and talk to him and feel comfortable and If he needs to inspire from afar, I think that's what he needs to do. Because right now, the way the game is being managed, especially with young guys on this team, you need all hands on deck. Yeah. Because young guys will make mistakes, and you need to help them with those. And right now, you're making matters worse. So is that Collins' excuse why he misses tackles as well? Because that's what he doesn't Apparently, want to touch. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Apparently. I've got, guys. I don't, know, yeah. I don't want to get too close. That Rivera handshake would really help him out. <laughs> All right. Uh, You got anything else? Like I said to start the show, they are what we thought they were. They're not a a very good football team. I just wish the manners in which they're losing these games would be different. Agreed. That's all. And that's what's the heartbreaking part of all this. I think they're a decent football team if they can get their head out of their ass. And that comes from the top down. Well, I'll finish with this. They played the game the right way today. Everything on the stat sheet showed that they probably should have won this game, but it was really not competitive. Now, there are some other good things to take out of this, like they had two penalties. They didn't have a penalty in the entire first half. That's coaching. You saw a Jay Gruden team that had, what they averaged, like 15 penalties a game, something like that. So that... That's something that you can take as a positive, especially with a young team. But eventually, if it already hasn't happened, they're going to lose these guys. 
the coaches, I mean, the coaches are going to lose the players that they have on this team because even a layman knows how ridiculous these decisions are. And that's my concern. So somebody's got to shape the fuck up because they're losing in the worst possible ways and mainly because of the coaching. It's a dangerous way to lose. Agreed. It's a dangerous way to lose. And these guys are impressionable and your credibility can go very quickly in the manner in which they're losing these games. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like the show, please share it on social media. I've been seeing that more and more, so thank you, everybody. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook group. Also, our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on Wednesday.